Indeed, wine, the man says. It is time for California Wine Country every Wednesday in the 5 o'clock hour with Dan Berger. Our guest today is Michael Cox from La Prenda Wines. Michael, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me up here. Uh, you guys just opened a new tasting room last year, right, In uh, just off the uh, square in uh, Sonoma. Right, right there at the tail end of the uh, of the pandemic, just things that started to open up. So, yeah, we we finally got that going. Give us the history of uh, La Prenda. How long have you guys been around? How did it all start? That's a good one. Uh, so La Prenda's been around for – so it's owned by Ned Hill and his wife, Erica. And Ned uh, grew up in the farming industry. His dad, Steve Hill, was the uh, farmer at Parmalee Hill. And Ned grew up there. After Ned graduated school, he broke out and wanted to expand the business a little bit, and so started his own farming company. At my former employer, I used to work a lot with Ned, uh, buying a lot of grapes that he farmed, uh, and actually brought Ned in to farm our estate vineyards there. And so Ned started doing his own wine about 15 years ago, and but mostly just real small stuff, doing uh, you know kind of for local stores and. Uh, we were looking at ways of of making more money for the the grape grower. So, you know, the, the market has changed so much from 15 years ago, where you know, a, you know, it's hard for a grape grower to go out. We're really at the mercy of the of the big guys. Uh, you know, the big wineries they mm-hmm. can really dictate to us what they want and how they want it. And a lot of times, some of the you know the growers can be left holding a bag in, in a in a tough vintage. So. Um, part of that was diversifying. So, because we also sell a lot of bulk wine, we sell um, we sell shiners to to you know if, if there's a restaurant that wants to have their own label wine, we do that for them. And so, opening up the tasting room was just another way for us to bring uh, more wines uh, out to people. If that makes sense, that's kind of a roundabout way to get there. But and you are the winemaker at Lofrenda. Right, so I had the good fortune of being hired by Ned in was nineteen, or actually the end of nineteen. I didn't start till twenty. It was a great year to start, but um, yeah. So I've I've worked for I've worked for Ned uh, since twenty, and then for twenty five years before that, uh, I was I was the winemaker uh, down at Shoe Winery in Sonoma. Right, yeah, so, and you're a Sonoma native, uh, the town of Sonoma. Yeah, born and bred. Um, that was a. I got into wine because it was a. It was a summer job. I came back from from college and <clears throat> didn't really know what to do. Go back. Am I going to work in the in the deli that I worked at through high school? Or uh, and my parents ended up finding a job. They're like, hey, they're uh, they're bottling on Monday. The winemaker says, give them a call. And so I got a job working on uh, you know putting bottles on, taking bottles off, and decided I actually kind of liked it. And. Uh, <laughs> And you went to well, you attended UCLA, but you uh, did go to UC Davis and got a degree there, right? So again, after that that first that first summer working the cellar and getting bitten by the bug, I, uh, you know, at at the end of the run, I had to go back to school and you know talk to Eric Lahman, who's the the winemaker, and said, hey, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to maybe work a harvest next year. Can, can we do that? And he said, well, if, yeah, if you're serious. Uh, go ahead and send me a fax, which kind of dates me, but uh, <laughs> uh, but he, you know, and said, "Hey, let's 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 do that." So I did, and ended up uh, taking off fall quarter of nineteen eighty eight, and so eighty eighty eight was my first full fledged harvest, um, and I worked at Hacienda, and then ended up transferring to Davis and got my degree at Davis. The entire time I was at Davis, I was uh, I was you know working weekends, actually in the tasting room, uh, spring break in the cellar doing bottling and. Uh, 
you know, summers, summers in the cellar. So I, I couldn't get enough early on. So. so what was it about working the bottles that put you on this path to winemaking? Well, I guess that was just the, the intro because then afterwards I was I was just a an eager volunteer. Like, hey, what else did you have to do around you know around the cellar? And uh, you know, I mean, the bottling is you know it's noisy and it's fast and it, go, it goes on. But there was just there was just stuff going on and that and that appealed to me. And then uh, and then after you know, basically I was it was an unpaid internship. I would I, you know, I would or not unpaid but i would show up and if they had work for me i would i would work that day and you know it was whether it was cleaning barrels or you know doing you know sometimes it was you know what hooked me was was going out in the vineyards so uh i would drive with eric we would we would you know run all over sonoma county the coolies who owned hacienda back then uh had a ranch up in cloverdale um plus the the, the estate down there right there at, at where bartholomew park is and you know we're running all over Sonoma County and looking at vineyards, and you know I would go and sample. I would run the rows and, and pull grapes, and I'm tasting grapes, and you know, and then Eric would kind of you know do his winemaker stroll, and he would do his his own tasting, and then you know we, we would take it and and get back to the winery, and the enologist would run the lab. But it was uh, yeah, it was fun just because you saw. Well, I mean, growing up in Sonoma, I love the diversity of Sonoma County, and really getting to. Get out in the vineyard and and see all those things and touch that, and and follow the you know the, the course of uh, I mean summer grape growing is is great I mean it's like you come back to a vineyard a week later and it's you know it, it's, it's amazing the changes that that go through so that was really what 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 hooked me you know and I like the concept of us taking something from grape all the way through the whatever machinations you want in in, in the cellar you know to an end product. And then plus, you know, back at Hacienda, it was, it was definitely a little more rock and roll in the 80s. And it was just, it was, it was a fun time to be in the wine industry. Um, it was, you know, there weren't as many wineries. It was just, um, it, you know, it was, it was good hard work. I mean, we worked way too many hours and, you know, all, all that, all the stuff that everyone always talks about when, you know, when they got the bug. I had all, a lot of those, those experiences. And, and like I said, Hacienda was, was a very formative time for me. Mondays Dan. are not like Tuesdays. Uh, Dan. No. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Dan, uh, thoughts on La Prenda wines? Well, it, when I first uh, tasted these wines about a year ago, I was really knocked out. But then the 2021 vintage came along. And I tasted the 20s. They were really good. But the 21s just blew me away. <clears throat> I was actually doing a story on uh, a friend of mine. By the name of Charlie Tolbert, and who had been celebrating his uh, whatever 70, 70, 50th year in the wine business, and uh, while I was having lunch with Charlie, he poured some of these wines for me, and I was just completely shocked. I said they were good last year; they're impressive, really now. So I got started looking into it really seriously, and I found out that Mike really knows what he's doing. So, and you know, spending time in the vineyard is the secret to this stuff. You know, you, any winemaker who thinks he can sit around. From January to uh, August, and then just go figure out where to get the grapes. Is making them make a big mistake. You you go out go out in the vineyard. You walk the vineyard. You taste those grapes. You know how to make wine, and that's really where it comes from. All right, uh, it is California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Uh, Mike Cox is here from La Prenda Wines. He is the winemaker, and of course Dan Berger. Um. What uh, you you did bring a cellar wine from the infamous Danberger cellar. And That's true. I like this. Well, you know, Steve, it's been a while since you, you brought you, one in. I like. You have but. criticized me several times for bringing <laughs> in some junk. I, yeah. I give you that, and uh, I, 
you're, you're not wrong. No, I mean, most of that stuff is junk, all right? But, every, but, but you cleared out your cellar. Yeah, we're clean. Well, we still have about 99% left to go. But, you know, this and, – and when my my – reliability factor is old Sauvignon Blanc. I mean, you guys have liked it. I've liked it. We've all liked the old Sauvignon Blanc. So and how is, old is this one? This was 10 years old. It's a, a, ten, it's a 2011 Simi Sauvignon Blanc. It's, I like it. Yeah, it was it's, a nice job. It's got some flavors. It's got some uh, a little bit of cilantro, maybe a little bit of green pepper. But what I like about it most is that the citrusy notes have really come on strong. It's a nice silky wine. It doesn't have any dark color. It hasn't changed color That's much. Great. I mean, we, you know, fortunately, it's a nice, cool cellar. So this has been uh, this is my go-to every time Steve st- starts to get on my case for bringing junk from the cellar. Then I have to go back and get the Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> well, I, I say thumbs up to this one. <laughs> okay, a lot. And Simi does a good job. It's, tell talk us about Simi quickly. Well, Simi has been around since you know Prohibition days. In fact, even before Prohibition. Uh, and it was uh, und- uh, it's a long story about the name and so forth. And it's owned uh, by a large corporation today. They do a very nice job. They have good access to good fruit. They're up there in Healdsburg, just north of Healdsburg. Uh, they have a beautiful facility up there, a uh, nice tasting room, and they do a really good job with most of their wines. They, had, they especially love their Merlots. Uh, but uh, this uh, Sauvignon Blanc, they're continuing to make it. It's always been reliable. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Mike... What did you bring us today? Uh, well, so you know, we do a range of wines, right? So we farm 1,200 acres, and we pull a lot of little things off for ourselves. Um, the first thing I, I wanted to pour is a, is a 2021, as, as Dan mentioned, uh, Rosé of Pinot Noir, Sonoma Coast, um, just because, well, Dan loved it, so yeah. <laughs> how, how can I not it's bring delicious. it? It's delicious. Um, it's really good. You know, we, we farm this primarily, or the blocks that go into this are farmed primarily for sparkling wine or rosé, uh, and they're really kind of from the heart of the valley, so in the, in the south part of the valley. So valley, valley floor, uh, down in Weinberg, it, it, there's some stuff, um, you know, for those of you who know Sonoma County uh, or Sonoma Valley, off uh, off of Arnold Drive and, and 116, kind of in, in that area there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, we bring it in bring it in early, and I try to just keep it real clean. We it's it's dry. It is it is bone dry. We ferment it all the way down. We, there's no residual sugar in this, uh, primarily because that's <laughs> I don't think it needs it. So, um, and you know, again, over my 25 years uh, at the at my former winery, that was something that uh, you know. I, we, we kind of honed ourselves, and what we and when we when we did things like this, uh, we, we you know tried to when we, you know, we don't just talk dry, we actually make make dry wines. Right, so, right. Um, there's a because there's a big there's a big thing where people say, oh, we, they always people always say, oh, it's dry, but then you look at it and no, it's it's not. And, uh, well, Dan, I, I like this rosé, delicious wine, and, and you love it. Uh, tell us why you like it. so Well, much. as a rosé, this is real rosé. This is not just a little blush kind of thing. This mm-hmm. has got some serious color to it. It's coppery in its aroma, but uh, in the uh, color. But the aroma is really fascinating because it's got real, honest to goodness, Pinot Noir character. It's got a little bit of strawberry, a little bit of raspberry, and the fact that it's dry means that you can serve it with just about anything, red meat and, and, and light uh, seafood. I mean, it's just delicious stuff. 
And Mike, again, it's 2021? 2021, right. And you know, one thing that also just to mention, too, that the alcoholness is, is pretty modest at, at 12%. Yeah. So it's not something that we it – wasn't, um, it wasn't a Sanier, so it wasn't something that we had a, a ripe – we were making a red wine and decided to pull off a little bit of you – know, bleed off some juice. And so you end up with this really riper style. This is a much more a lighter – it's a it's a purpose built rosé. It's so, a gorgeous yeah, rosé. I love how you used coppery to describe the color because when you think rosé, I think most people go straight to pink uh, or pinkish. But I looked at the glass sitting in front of you, and it's like, by golly, he's absolutely right. It's copper. Yeah, it's a it's a salmony color. Yeah, sort mm-hmm. of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But the nice part about this is where or salmon occasionally is actually colored to make it look darker mm-hmm. this wine is legit this is right straight from the grape it's great stuff very good it is california wine country uh with dan Berger. our guest today is mike cox a winemaker at la prenda wines i love this on the uh, website laprendawine.com it says uh, there's a little uh, uh, not a graph, but a thing here that says uh, since 2008, over 35,000 tons have been harvested, 1.8 million cases produced, uh, 20 million bottles, and my favorite is over 100 million glasses. <laughs> yeah, Ned, 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 that Ned sounds Ned, like this show. Yeah, Ned, Ned, Ned gets up early in the morning at four o'clock in the morning. He starts to calculate these types of things all, of all the grapes he's ever harvested, and, and, and you know, so and this is this is what you what you come out with. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the copper, and it's a good lead into the next wine, um, which we call the copper. Uh, and this wine came about. It's actually Pinot Grigio, and I have an Italian friend who was bringing in some Italian wine. And he started talking about this, uh, this style of wine from northeast Italy in Frui. And I don't know if I said that correctly. I don't speak Italian. And uh, he, where they actually – it's a very traditional method where they take a white wine, Pinot Grigio, and they ferment it on the skins. And Pinot Grigio, as you, as you know, Pinot, Pinot, Pinot Gris, Pinot, you know, Gray Pinot, mm-hmm. has a lot of color. When it comes into the cellar, it is, it is often ugly. I mean, it is it, – you know, people always think, oh, Chardonnay, it's beautiful, it's this green, or Pinot Noir, it's got this, you know, this, this lovely color. Well, Pinot comes – when Pinot Grigio comes in, it's got this kind of a kind of a you – can, you can hold up the berries, and they're, and they're translucent, um, but they, are, they just don't always look good in there. They're so, gray. Yeah, they're, they're, they are uh, – but – you're going to be surprised when you see this wine. It's actually darker than the rosé. <laughs> and so, with this, this is you know, the, the advantage of uh, the, the advantage of, of working for a farming company and having all these these great things is we've got access to fruit. And then, if I had a, you know, I had this idea, you know, hey Ned, I want to. What, what do you think about doing this this skin contact uh, Pinot Grigio? And I used to play a lot with with, at, at, with the Sauvignon Blanc at, at my former employer where we would do uh, some ferments on the skin because it really added texture to the wine. And so I was all in on this, and I really wanted to try it. And Ned kind of let me go ahead and do this. And so basically we, we picked this on the same day as we pick our normal classic Pinot Grigio. You know, that you would, when you think of Pinot Grigio, that we, what you think of. And then I took a ton of this, and we, we put it into a fermenter and punched it down like it was a red wine for about a week, uh, stopped, stopped fermenting. And so we, we weren't quite ready to press it, so we put some dry ice in it and sealed it up, and we let it sit for 30 days. 
and at 30 days, this is what would, uh, we we pressed it off and and uh, tasted it. And was like, wow, this is actually it's it's great because it's different. Um, it is it has what I think is some real pretty you know aromatics and the, the, there's good, great great fruit. Um, but it, then texturally, it's got uh, you know there's there's a tannin to it, but it's not like a hard tannin. So no, it's like it's like a light red wine, and it's sort of aimed at going with poached salmon. Most people will roast the salmon and get a, a, a char to it. In this case, ro- roast salmon would not work here. Poached salmon. Just yeah. imagine how gorgeous that would be with this wine. And, and the uh, color is identical to that. It is. And I really like this wine here. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I like, as you said, the characteristics of a red, but still quite unique. Yeah, it's definitely a bridge wine. You know, people are like, oh, I don't drink red wine, or I don't, you know, so you can you can kind of find a happy medium there. Yeah. And we're having they're, they're having a lot of fun in the tasting room, being able to you know pour a Pinot Gris and you know and, and this and the copper as we call it. Um, just briefly on the on the label, um, there was a there was a Sonoma. Uh, uh, she's her website's cartoons by Hillary, but she does she does stuff for the New Yorker magazine and things like that. And, yeah, and so cartoons she, by Hillary. Yeah, I'm very familiar. Yeah, well, she's she's a friend of Ned's, and so she she uh, um, we can send her off things during 2020. We did a pet uh, a pet nat style wine we called F 2020, and had a we gave her a picture of a Ford pickup truck. So we did a sold Ford. So for this wine, we took a 1962 Lamborghini tractor, and <laughs> that's that, that's what that's what's on front because it's a it's, it's a Lamborghini. And that's all it. my tractors have been la- <laughs> Lamborghinis. But we don't own any. I'm we do spoiled. not own Lamborghinis. So California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn Dan Berger, of course, and our guest today is Mike Cox, the winemaker at La Prenda Wines in the lovely town of Sonoma. And he is a Sonoma native. Yep, it's yeah, it's 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 funny going you know coming back to the you know the hometown after being away. I went to Los Angeles for a bit, and Lou said, right. you know, in Davis, and I lived up in Healdsburg briefly in Monterio, but then being back in town, you know, and you know raising kids there and, and the whole nine yards, it's you know it's it's fun, it, you know, it's good. And, and and Ned also is you know he he was raised there. Our sales guy Guido also is from uh, is is from Sonoma, so we're it's just a it's it's definitely kind of a, a fun hometown feeling, uh, you know. And we, seriously, going out with the two of them, between the three of us, it seems like we know everybody in oh, I'm in sure restaurants. Yeah. When you went to UCLA, what did you study? Chemical engineering. I had you know I was going to go down and work at Chevron, and, and you know and that was that was going to be my ticket. <laughs> so. Well, you you made a, quickly you made a that. smart maneuver. Yes, I did. <laughs> from Chevron to the <laughs> winemaker. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, it was it was UCLA was fun. It was uh, maybe too much fun, but uh, it was it was definitely uh, fun. But it wasn't it wasn't where I wanted. I knew I didn't want to be there. You know, in in the long haul, like living in Los Angeles or you know Richmond or yeah. wherever. So right. you know, Sonoma County is where it's at. I mean. You know the West County and the beaches. It's all it's fantastic. And now again, this is a family-owned and operated uh, winery, La Prenda, Ned and Erica Hill. Correct. And they've got. Uh, are their kids involved at all? They've got yeah, they've got young kids. So okay, uh, yeah. you know, so they're they're still. Uh, they've got an yeah, I think it's an, an eighth. Uh, forgive me, Ned. Eighth, seventh, and fifth grader. I think. Okay. Somewhere so that, 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 that's time better. will tell whether they. Uh, and you know what we hear after 14 years of doing this segment? Uh, you know, so many, there are so many family-owned and operated wineries here in our area. 
and often the kids grow up with it and then they split and they do other things you know besides college they get <clears throat> into other careers and they always most of them seem to come back and wind up working at the winery yeah well the, the boys have shown some interest uh, you know they they you know they love driving the atv and <laughs> doing that and i mean there's 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 definitely some hustle uh the daughters designed a couple of labels that we that i put on a bottle at one point um so yeah there's there's interest they and i mean they get it they, they i mean they for a while they lived in town then they moved out kind of uh kind of by where our offices and shops are and they do uh um like i said the, the, i see the boys in the vineyard quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. just just taking care of things and and you know pulling leaves and it's very and cool and chasing each other on the atv yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a little bit of that too and you know keep an eye out for squirrels <laughs> so uh all right now uh <clears throat> excuse me mike has uh poured a, a chardonnay and you know, Harry, I've heard about Chardonnay. I, I believe we've had one or two in the past year on the show. Right? Well, in the past twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got an a Chardonnay IV that my doctor has set up for me, as you can see. Vinny Boomba. So, yeah, yeah Vinny Boomba. Yeah. Um, okay, Dan, give me your thoughts. And why do I like this chard so much? Uh, well, I, well, think I the, like every, uh, most chards. You like but. every chardonnay. But I think this one is especially good because it, it really is aimed at going with meals with dinner. Mm-hmm. And the nice part about it is that it does not the, – the oak is there, but it's not noticeable. So but, but you're getting a little bit of the richness, but a little also a little bit of the citrusy component, the aftertaste of, of good acidity, and that's going to make all food taste better. I mean, even steak, believe it, it's not in, it intended to go with steak, but it would help a steak. Too. Well, I'm having beef stroganoff from Ricardo's tonight, uh, and this will be this great. Will, this will be terrific. Oh, Absolutely. Hell yeah. I, I like your richness adjective there because that was my first reaction to it. Is this is a nice, rich Chardonnay. But this is rich in a different style. This is not your buttery, no. soft, and No, it's not slap you in the face rich. It, no. It's a different explain. Yeah, well, there's, some, there's some texture to it. There's the, I mean, there is a little bit of uh, – there's that a little bit of tannin in the, ba- in the background. And so you can, you, can, you can chew on it, and I think – the acidity is a good uh, is a, a to me a selling point for for drinking it more. Like I like I like it when my mouth waters after I after I finish. I agree, wine, so. and this finish is spectacular, and it's going to go great with my beef stroganoff. There we go. And you got a red over there. Mm-hmm. Well, did we even talk about the Chardonnay as far as the vintage and the? the it's a twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. This is you know we pull again. We farm a lot of a lot of uh, different vineyards, um, and we I usually have. What comes into for us? I'll probably have three or four different vineyards. This is a lot of uh, a lot of high vista goes into this. Uh, there's some Simpatico, which is Bennett Valley. Um, Farina is up on Sonoma Mountain, and so that comes in. And again, I'm not making a ton for the tasting room, so I'm I'm looking at a few different options, and then we'll pull that together, make a lot, and then we put that to, and then put that to barrel. Um, so it, it does afford me the ability to to you know balance some you know some of the Carneros acidity with kind of more of the richness um from say bennett valley or the snow the snow the, the mountain fruit is is, is interesting um because i think that's where you get a little bit you get the smaller berries and you get a little bit more of that texture from there so this is really know. good man so thank you delicious thank you oh and an actual red an actual there you go Harry. <laughs> so 
This is, is Pinot Noir. Um, it is Carneros, also a 2020. Uh, most of the fruit for this comes, uh, it's actually one of the highest points in Carneros. Uh, so if you go uh, in the hills to the, the west of, uh, of Sonoma, uh, kind of overlooking where 116 comes through the, the gap there, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's where I would, would place the Thornton Ranch. And so, you know, again, it's, it's small-scale winemaking. For, for this, it was, it's more of something that we can, uh, you know, given my background of 25 years uh, making Pinot with Walter, uh, it, was, it was an obvious choice for, for me to, to, you know, when we're getting, when we're getting ready to, to open up the tasting room is to have a Pinot Noir available um, and that we can, you know, give a little TLC to and, and, and do some other things with. It needs time. It yeah, a it's little, it's a, a it's a, it's it's it is it is it is young. Um, so this was this was actually bottled at the same time as as the Chardonnay. So we we bottle after a year and you know a year post vintage, and it's got a lot of pomard in it. Um, pomard clones. Oh, right, hold, hold on, there, there's a geek alert. Yeah, yeah sorry, has just been <laughs> triggered. Pomard. Pomard. Pomard is a district in France. It's in Burgundy. And uh, the clone that uh, Pinot Noir that comes out of there tends to be a little bit more aromatic. They're a little bit more, uh, I would call it a little bit Burgundian in a certain way, because it's not a, a, an aroma you get in California all by itself. And this is a very, very fine clone, really a really good clone from, from Burgundy. How long would Dan lay it down, Burger lay it down? Well, I think in this case uh, you would enjoy it immediately because you just grab a bottle and decant it, so it, open it up a little bit. But then sit it on the, uh, in your cellar for about four years before it ever wow. really comes back from its hibernation. And Harry, you'll enjoy this tonight. I was going to say I'm enjoying it right now, but, and I'm okay. not laying it down for four years. <laughs> I don't blame you. It won't last four hours. But you get you get to take the Pinot. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm taking the Sauvignon Blanc and the Chard. Yes. Okay. Then I go home empty-handed. Yes. Well, <laughs> the, the copper. Let's not forget the copper. The copper. I get the yes. copper right. The man with more bottles of wine in his cellar than any human we any of us know <laughs> okay. is going. I'm going to go home empty-handed. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I believe you have 99% of your cellar to still go through, Dan. That's true, and we have a few more years left. <laughs> uh, the great Dan Berger and Mike Cox is the winemaker at La Prenda Wines. LaPrendaWine.com. They are in the beautiful town of Sonoma. I always call it the town of Sonoma. Well, it's, so it's, it's city of. It's the it's the first in California. The first. The, it's it's rare. It's a rare fact. But the city of Sonoma it was early on one, okay, of, one of the few I can, cities. I can see. And that's why there was a big stink about about going to town uh, about changing it to town. But yeah. then there was. The marketing people wanted to. You know, it sounds better if you say it's a town because it seems smaller. But right, right, again, right, right, and that's right. where. Yeah, sorry. As a, as, a, as a snowman, we yeah, we get fired up about this. We're out of town. I understand. Okay. Mike Cox, winemaker at Laprenda Wines. They do wonderful stuff. It is laprendawine.com.